And let me pray for us, and then I'll explain a little about what I hope to achieve this evening. Um, there are some books as well. Some people last week were interested in one copy of the book we've been sort of gutting. Um, so there are some of those. If you haven't asked for one, I think it's pretty excellent if you'd like. Um, and it's not far as Christmas, so why do you have? Let me leave us in prayer. Father in heaven, we long to be better at both reading your word, but also reading this world and applying it to and help us to, to get better at showing those around us the, the true story that they long for and showing them how the, the culture that we're in points to you and your goodness and your kindness and their need of you. We will receive you in Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, now, I've got handouts from, basically, I've got one handout for the whole shebang over the two weeks. So, if you weren't here, then here is a handout. If you were here and you've forgotten yours, that's all I've got. Um, yeah, that should be fine. Um, what I'm going to try and do initially is to give you a sort of whistle stop tour of what we looked at. Um, if you want to, you can go another time and listen on the website. So there's, it was 40 minutes or so of talking, probably. We did group work as well, but 40 minutes or so of talking. You can listen to that there. I will try and condense and just zoom through to give you a broad overview. Um, and last time we sort of got to the application at the end. I'm hoping basically to do quite a lot of application this evening. Um, thinking through particularly this idea on your penultimate page of subversive fulfillment. That is essentially where the book ends up. And it's the idea that Jesus is the answer um, to the stories in our culture, but not perhaps in the way people might expect. Um, so let me just go for a bit of a recap first. So I'm on page one. And we talked about the, the incredible amount of information at the moment um, that is bombarding us. We talked about 400 hours um, on YouTube for every minute of time. Um, every minute of time we go through, there's 400 hours of video on YouTube put up. Which is extraordinary. So there's a massive amount of information overload, but more than that, there's a complexity as well. And we read a, um, an extraordinary quote from somebody called Miley Cyrus. If you don't know who that is, then um, chat to Andrew afterwards. He will happily explain um, who Miley Cyrus is. Miley Cyrus is. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> that happened, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, she's Hannah Montana who grew up and went a bit um, overexcited. Uh, she, she talks in one interview, um, at the beginning she talks about her extraordinary sexual liberation and freedom. She doesn't identify as a boy or a girl and will do anything with whoever as long as they're consenting. Um, and then... Five minutes later, she's talking about her homeless charity um, and her concern for social justice and looking after the marginalised and the outcast. I'm just thinking, actually, as we try and analyse our culture, it is quite complicated because we are um, bombarded by different messages and different things, some which reflect who our God is and some which very definitely don't. Um, so we were just saying that that's not a simple thing to do. Um, we thought, we said that historically Christians have done one of three things when it comes to responding to the culture around us. You see on your hand up there, either we look in, that is, head in sand, it's the flight thing, it's running away from culture, running away from the world around us, so we, whatever, we join monasteries or we go off into the wilderness or we're not going to engage. Um, or we lash out, so look in is flight, lash out is a kind of sanctified fight. We're just angry about culture the whole time, we're angry at what we see. Um, or we end up looking like our culture, that is, we blend in, we become the chameleons, we, um, we are indistinguishable from those around us. But the book is essentially about a fourth way, um, and that is, I guess in the words of Jesus, to be in but not of the world. What does it mean to be a part of this world, um, and yet not of it? And so to be able to think critically about it and engage with it, and indeed use it as a platform to speak to our friends about Jesus. Um, we talked about what is culture and tried to define it, and there are various definitions out there. Etymologically, apparently there are three different um, roots from the Latin where you get the word culture. It comes from colore, which means kind of agriculture, tilling, growing, producing. Um, we thought about 
Colonus, the second one, which is an idea of inhabiting and living in, and then cultus, which is honour and worship, interestingly. Um, those three different aspects of the world of the word are kind of brought out. And then other definitions, different it depends on your discipline, essentially. So, arts, we are cultured and refined if we go to the opera, not if we go to the Kabbalah house. Um, a so- social science definition would be the way things are done in this context. That is, you, you go to an archaeological dig, um, and you see what people create, what humans have created, and that tells you something about their culture, about who they were, who they are. Um, particularly popular one at the moment is cultural studies. Um, and that is, the idea of our identity and power and class and politics and, and all of that tied in with kind of how different groups do things. Um, the fourth one, and I'm actually going to jump off the script here and we're going to pop on to the next part in a moment. And that is the idea of stories. Our world is full of stories, full of ideas um, that tell something about meaning in the world. They are essentially truth claims. Um, I've put some, I do work in advertising. Can you see that? Um, I've got the And so I've got various print adverts, or various adverts from down the years. Um, and I would like you to tell me what. <coughs> I can move it that If you. Um, ooh, magic. Uh, I want you to tell me, and we're going to do a shout out thing, um, what the story is, what is the message of this advert, what story is it telling us, what truth is it trying to, to proclaim? If this works. So, in text lighting, the moon. Yeah, that's actually gone. Cool. Yes. What's the story? Okay. This one is a staple. Right. So, yeah. So, anybody recognise this clothing brand? Some of you are probably wearing it. Fat face. You're correct. What story is Fat Face trying to sell us? Rugged. Go on. Big outdoors. Yeah. Healthy, uh, life is what? Life is... Life is not work nine to five. Not work nine to five. It is evenings, it is, it is weekends, it is holidays. Embrace life outside nine to five, thank you. Next one, Tom, go. You will wear jumping and seat on and a green bow tie. Yeah, I mean... It, um, we laugh, but actually, that's what we'll see in a bit. There's advertising from our era. This is clearly old. This is kind of retro, but go on, go on. Okay. Yeah. Again, it shows something of how advertising ages. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> See this? This is this is the kind of vodka, the world's best vodka, great juice. What's he trying to tell us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Freedom is just kind of different and unique. These guys are here, but this, this one's up there. Do you think? Yeah. So it's be yourself, don't necessarily fly with the pack. And vodka will help you. Yeah. Tom Gay. Remember this from Age Gay? These are these are um, Mac and PC adverts, do you remember? Yeah, I know exactly. Extraordinary, isn't it? Haven't we haven't culture shifted in Wouldn't work now. Wouldn't work now. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's sort of new one, isn't it? It's actually doing all the sense. It's like time. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of more vibrant to the uh, generational. Mm. Ah. 
I've never played with an Xbox One, but I, I'm not planning on doing it on someone's shoulders. Yeah. But again, it's kind of young, vibrant, fun. Look at I mean, perhaps interestingly, it's not the blokes playing it, but it's the girls playing it. So right. something about you know trying to appeal to not just blokes who are generally the majority of video gaming market. Cool. Yeah, try and do both. Isn't it? So the, the coolness of it's refreshing, but also the cool. If you have coke, then you will also be cool and sit on steps in check shirts. I don't quite get that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite get the font. I don't know what's going on there. Why is there a slim A and a slim O? Is it kind of a compression? Is it, is it, I don't know, is it decompressing perhaps? Like, you can put it on. <laughs> yeah. Someone chose a bad font. <laughs> Oh, all that fun. Oh, this is interesting. Um, this, this is this is a VW Shan. Maybe maybe VW has that. You work for a VW. I like that. This is being cool. So, so Volkswagen is one of my clients. The interesting thing with them and the Shan was their whole marketing campaign was the Shan was for essentially dads um, who like nice looking cars but then have loads of kids. And so how do we make a car that will appeal to um, blokes who like cars and like cars to look good and to, but then have lots of kids and say so you have a big car basically. So that was our whole campaign was right now. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. That was what one thought and that was their thought leader. So there we go, it's a, it's a big nice looking car for people who like nice looking cars and have lots of kids. One more perhaps? Oh yeah, interesting. Why? Yeah. Why do you have it? I mean, generally, I put it on because I could have chosen any number of Christmas adverts. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is every year. It's genuinely, I mean, every year they bring it out because it is kind of. But what's Coke trying to sell at that point? Or why do we have Christmas advertising? Why is there such a big thing about it? To <laughs> make <laughs> <laughs> better off with the hot chocolate. It's making the story of it. Yeah. The story of the period is coming in the end. Yeah. Celebratory. But also they're bringing it. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole Christmas advertising, I think it's fascinating what we end up with, what, looking for something unique, you know, you've got John Lewis, you've got Boots, you've got all of them, looking for something unique. Um, and yet often there's a slight twist that it's not, I remember it's not so much about give, or receiving, it's about giving, isn't it? And trying to sort of remind us of something more. Going on, I think it's, yeah, fascinating. Again, they're trying to be clever and kind of corner the market, but sell us, sell us a, a story. Um, you need Coke at the heart of your Christmas, so well, yeah, they're bringing it in. Thank you, Tom. Go on, go to the next one. Um, in fact, no, Jonah, why don't we? So, there's some examples of stories, um, or at least images that tell little stories, um, something about what this. World values and, and is important. What, well, how we got to those stories? Uh, we'll get there in a moment. But just we, I'm going to miss the bottom of page one and go on to page two. Um, and we sort of zoom through the Bible story. Um, we talked about humanity being made in God's image, um, and we, as we are made in His image, so we relate to one another. We're male and female. We, there's a sense in which there's a plurality, which reflects something of who God is in the Trinity, um, but we represent him as one. So the calling and vocation, it looks like the cultural mandate last time. Um, we know the Bible doesn't end at Genesis 2, um, Genesis 3 and onwards, and we see as we walk out on God, so our relationship with God and the world go wrong. Um, and what we end up doing, and we'll come to this in a moment, but because we are a people who have been made to worship, and because we are a people who have been made to create, so as we do that, the things that we create, we end up worshipping. 
And that's called idolatry. And I will ask them whether you manage to do any homework on Isaiah 44 on the next page. And don't worry if not. But that's something of being still made in God's image. We are people who create. And because we were made to worship, then the things that we create, um, we end up worshipping and we end up being shaped by. So we shape things which then shape us. And we shape things which then shape us. And it goes round and round and round. And, And we said that as Jesus came, as the Gospel came, and as we have the hope of heaven, the new heavens and the new earth, so Jesus comes as the second Adam. And his work on the cross is cosmic. It's all of creation being renewed. Not just individual souls being saved, um, but a, a reconciliation of, of all of the world with, with him. And so we talked about the Great Commission, in a sense being the cultural mandate re-envisioned, um, re-imagined. So as we go and we take the message of Christ and as we go and teach people to obey everything that he's commanded them um, and be his disciples, there's a sense in which we are doing the cultural mandate again. We are filling and subduing the earth again. And yet this side of the cross um, Jesus with the second Adam. Um, we also said that God is still revealing, revealing himself. Um, Psalm 19. And we talked particularly, and I think that's very really helpful on this, but particularly is the shadows and the sunbeams, that is, there are bad things, um, there are frustrations, there are difficulties, which make us ask the why question. Um, if you're there, God, why is this happening? And yet, um, it's a very strange question to ask, if you're an atheist in one sense, because you're, who are you asking it to? Um, it wasn't in the book, but I talked last week about Garfield, and why he will always ask why me, and you think, well, who is he talking to? Yeah, they're meant to shake us, they're meant to make us ask questions. And as well as the shadows, there are sunbeams, it's the good things, it's the blessings, it's why... Who made taste buds? Who, who made the world in this way? Why is it not grey and drab? Why is there such a thing as beauty or love, whatever it might be? And then again, those sunbeams are meant to point us to him. But people respond in the wrong way, in either um, suppression or substitution, we talked about way from Romans 1 so suppression the idea that we suppress truth substitution the idea that we exchange the glory of the immortal God with things that we've made with idols these idols that we create are the things that we worship and we kind of we, yeah, we worship them instead of him um, did anybody have a chance to look at Isaiah 44? don't worry it's that idea again though that our task is verse 19 is to encourage people to stop and think but what is it that you are worshipping what is it that you are living for what is it that you are bowing down to why are you putting your hope in that thing what is it that you are following what stories do you tell yourself what commitments are you making what authorities are you um, bowing the knee to the idea of the book is to encourage people to stop and think Stop and think about what it is we're living for. We didn't do that, we'll do that in a second. And then we talked a little bit about confrontation and connection. Um, um, The confrontation and connection were signed in both Corinth and in Athens. In Corinth, 1 Corinthians um, 1, we saw the Gospel both confronts and connects. It confronts in that Jews look for signs and the Greeks look for wisdom. Um, But Paul preaches Christ crucified unapologetically. And therefore it confronts both Jews and Greeks. It's a stumbling block to Jews, it's foolishness to Gentiles. And yet it still connects this idea of subversive fulfilment. looking for signs, looking for wisdom. The cross doesn't look like either of those things, but it is actually the true sign, the true wisdom from God. So it both confronts and connects to those who are being called. And it connects. The time in Athens as well, when Paul goes around, he sees the unknown God, um, he engages with their culture, um, he, and we'll come to this in a moment, but he spends time there, and seeking to understand it. Um, and this unknown God that he speaks of, it, it, it connects and yet it, conf- it confronts or the, the true gospel comes and connects and confronts with that and he ends up um, with a call to repentance at the end saying Jesus will come back and judge and indeed some become followers 
So he connects with where they are, their understanding, their way of doing things, um, and yet in a, in a way that confronts them, yet still there is that connection at the end. So subversive fulfillment is the idea of um, the kind of the bottom line of the book, if you like. Uh, I'm going to hand these out on the next page as well. So this is essentially the grid that we're going to be working from. So what I want to do, and um, again, if you're here and if you weren't here last week, um, apologies for the speed. Uh, if you're here and you were here last week, um, apologies for being too slow. Um, let me hand these out. And this is, I think, the particularly helpful grid, the, the kind of idea that um, sounds strange takes us on. It's, it's not unique to this book, he talks about it elsewhere. Um, I know. Is this the same as the first Yeah. So it's the four steps towards the subversive fulfilment approach. Um, and those steps are enter, so stepping into the world, listening to the story. Um, the question is there, what does it say? Not just a sort of skimming off the surface, but trying to genuinely understand um, what is this thing about. I'll give you an example in a moment. Um, who wrote it? Who reads it? What's it for? How does it affect people? Um, so it's uh, trying to get in there. And then exploring it is... Um, what about the shadows and the sunbeams going on? What's true, good, helpful, beautiful? And where is their suppression? Where is their distortion? Where do we want to critique and question things? Does it lead us to God or away from God? Um, the exposed thing is to try and help people see. Well, I love that last question he gives there. If you have a moment, can I show you why that might not be the best way of looking at this? And so what is it they're believing and how can we begin to sort of press them on that? Um, and then the evangelizers to use this as a platform opportunity to show them what it is they really want, what they're really looking for. So let me give an example. Um, there are some examples in the book. Uh, I handed one out last week on, on zombies. Why, why are zombies such a big thing at the moment? Um, why might zombies be... If you had it last week, it'll be in the back of the book as well. Um, but I, I thought I'd go through and just give you an example, not from zombies, I thought zombies were very interesting and helpful, um, but actually the uh, adult colouring book was interesting as well. Um, the four things at the back of the book are all essays from um, students, uh, where Dan Strange is the, the, on the faculty. Um, adult colouring books. And so the essay talks about as entering it, why are adult colouring books so big at the moment? And they talk about the, the fact that they sit alongside the kind of mindfulness and yoga, and yet they are hugely accessible. Um, you, don't, you can go onto Amazon, you can press click and click, click, and it will come to your door. Um, uh, it talks about the importance of, or the, the need for people to have a temporary escape. Uh, and the problem with mindfulness, apparently, um, some say is that it it can be quite painful and difficult. You've got to be aware of and accept your circumstances with mindfulness. And yet, with, with um, colouring books, you essentially just colour. You don't have to accept, you don't have to um, be aware of your, your circumstances, your situation. It's just simply a sort of switching off on colouring. Um, I've never done adult colouring particularly, surprisingly, but apparently you, you will very, very rarely find an urban setting to colour in almost always the natural world, um, untainted natural world. And so the, the question is, is it a kind of a, an escape from modern life, an escape to nature, an escape to Eden almost? And then you do get those patterns, those mandala patterns and that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, and they talked about why is it so popular as well. It's kind of piggybacked onto the mindfulness audience. Um, and yet people can, as I say, sort of find it hard to meditate, find it hard to do the mindfulness stuff. But colouring is quite easy. Um, your mind is allowed to wander while you're colouring. And you don't have to focus in the same way that perhaps with mindfulness you would have to. So that's perhaps why, that's the entering bit, that's why it's so popular. Um, the exploring thing, now they, they made a big point of, now I don't know enough about about colouring books, but they made a big thing about this, the idea that it's um, this kind of paradise that we're drawing in one sense. You know, you, you don't colour in a, your desk 
I can imagine that with your PC and Microsoft updating and you've got your desk and you kind of colour that in. You wouldn't do that. It would be a jungle or it would be a garden or be a pattern. Um, the other thing as well, interestingly, is that there is no authority over you. You are your own authority for how you do this. You get to decide how to colour it in. You get to decide what is what rather than someone coming and telling you what to do. So it's a chance to be creative and you to be the, the one in charge. Um, exposing that, again, it's the question of autonomy and, and the idea that utopia is there, but it's only really in our imagination. It's from our heart. You're getting to colour in what you want it to be like, rather than it for it actually to be a thing. And so there's a chance to evangelise or to step off. And you know, let me can I tell you about um, what I think a true utopia would be like and actually why it's certain rather than just something that we can dream up or does that make sense? So there's an example of kind of one of how it might work through. Again, feel free to look at zombies later on. Um, I, I'd like us to, I've got a whole load of examples here of things. I'd, I'd love it if we can do a bit more group work. Um, and particularly, as we'll see in a bit, help each other with the question, the, the good question to ask our friends. So if you've got someone on the desk next to you at work who loves adult colouring and you think, how can I use it as an opportunity to gently talk about Jesus? We've got ways of kind of, so it's not an awful crunching gear change, you know. Ooh. Let me tell you about the one who made colour. Um, but actually something that's a bit more kind of smooth or, or easy. Um, that will obviously, will hopefully obviously be lots of other questions. Um, I have talked for too much. And I'm just checking. I've said what I wanted to say. And Tom has offered... That's foolishly seeing your you. Unexpected. Managing our expectations, that's fine, that's good. Um, we, Tom's somebody who I think, and I'll, I'll say this without, he, he can let me speak for a moment, I think very good actually engaging with different people and different worldviews and different ideas and different stories. Um, if you get to know Tom, then you will see that with some of the people he knows, particularly around these docs and the friendships and relationships that he's built up. Um, so he's going to give us some, just some thoughts and learnings from experience, is that fair? Um, you do it now, is that okay? Can I get you to stand here so we can yeah. record you? That would be amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, so I don't, I don't see myself as an evangelist. Um, but, uh, but like you, I want to be better. And so this is just things that I thought I said, I wrote down a text and said I can just say a couple of things if it, if it might be helpful. So here we go. Um, I think the first point, this is just over reflections of a few years, more of living in this area I think the basic question is you've got to spend time with people and be willing to spend time with people it's a very obvious point but sometimes that means you have to rejig your diary um, you know just everyday things mixed with people in everyday things you know the words became flesh and dwelt amongst us that's the first thing John tells us about he lived with us, and you see that in the Gospels. And, and how can we do that as individuals and as a community? I think that's the first thing I'd say. And, and be willing to be served would be part of that, I think. You think of Jesus going to Samaria, and he's willing to um, let someone bring him a drink. It's not necessarily about us always doing things for people. And the second thing I'd say would be try to find areas of connection, and that's in a sense what I think this book is saying but particularly if there's something that some, your friend or someone you're getting to know really enjoys and, 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 there's, and you can enjoy it with them especially if someone is, I think I guess behind this is it's quite a hostile culture to Christian things at the moment I think and people have very strong walls of, of kind of assumption uh, and if we can be in some way kind of challenge that assumption it doesn't even necessarily need to be words. But if people think Christians just kill joys and you can enjoy life with them, you are being a witness to the truth. Okay, that's point number two. Um, listen out for assumptions about what a Christian, what they think Christians believe. Um, one short example would be, I remember being on a walk with someone and uh, it was at a birthday party, and we were talking, he, he said, Christ, the trouble is Christians just think 
you're just kind of like simple worms or whatever. That was his assumption of what Christians thought everybody was. And I said, hang on, that, that's not actually what, how the Bible starts. It's about how amazing people are. And, and it's like, he actually stopped walking. He was like, wow, that's a very different view than what I'd come up with. So just listen out for what people think. And, 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 yeah, if you can challenge it, if it doesn't need words, probably better sometimes. Um, we are the witnesses. We are telling a story all the time. So when these bad things happen, if, if we can, with God's help, um, not see life destroying if our house burns up, burns or whatever, that's telling a story to people about what's important. Um, okay, and then fourth point, final one. Learn your strengths and weaknesses. I think, you know, we're all good at some things and bad at other things, and we need each other to kind of work at this, work together, uh, and be yourself. You don't have to be someone you're not. And God has made you how you are, and we can call to Him for help. It's a completely impossible job to, 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 to destroy assumptions that people have, but we have been given divine power, says Paul, to destroy, you know, in effect, demonic worldview by things we do and say. So we, you know, at times we will feel, and we are, we do feel discouraged, but God will bring the fruit in his time and it often takes a long time. So that's just what I wanted to say for tonight. And be willing to be surprised. You don't know what. And be flexible. Well, I think they were time. Time with people, which I think is actually a really important thing. Yeah, particularly Oxford is a busy place, and therefore it's prioritising that, being willing to be alongside people, to be served by them, rather than thinking we're just coming in to do everything or have all the answers. Um, areas of connection with people, um, listen for assumptions to what they think Christians believe, and where we can then gently challenge, and, and then learning our strengths and weaknesses to be ourselves, recognising that we all find values and hard, but actually to, to, to be us um, and to recognise the sort of communal aspect, which is again really helpful. Um, we weren't made to do this alone as Lone Ranger Christians. Often we can think about that with evangelism actually, I think, that we think it is me going off to do my thing. Um, but it seems to me that we've been into churches and therefore where I'm weak, somebody else will be strong and vice versa. Um, I would like now to do a bit of group work if we can. And I'm going to read you a list and I suggest you write down, write down any that grab you or that interest you um, and then we'll work out how to gather around those. Um, So these are some from last week but some new ones as well. examples of our current culture that tell a story and yeah, why are they popular how might we do the four E's with them um, one is Halloween uh, Stranger Things Instagram if any of these grab you then grab them um, Marvel why does the Marvel franchise keep going Podcasts Interesting, it's a big thing at the moment. Um, I mentioned this last week, Parkrun. Doctor Who. Plastic Straws. That was Claire Trenchard's from last week, that's interesting. And then alongside, or Extinction Rebellion. What about Banksy? Banksy's interesting. Fascinating. Harry Potter. Coffee shops. There weren't many coffee shops ten years ago. Uh, here's one as well. Someone pick this, please. Um, live action Disney films. Why are they so popular now? So, started off with Beauty and the Beast, did it? And then we've got Aladdin, and we've got Jungle Book. And is it just a way of hooking people who were kids and now they're adults in, or is there something more going on? We, I don't know. Lost faith in animation? I don't know. Don't know. Um, and then Amazon Prime. Has anybody got anything else that you want to chuck into the ether?
Yeah. 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 Can we add into kind of Pilates into that as well, or, or just? It depends on what kind of depends on what kind of yoga. Cool. Yeah. Um. Why don't you get into groups? Or should we do it separately? Let's get into groups. Let's go for twos, twos and threes. Um. Pick one that's interesting to you. If you're in a group and you can't agree, then go and find another group where you can agree. Um, but particularly, can we be thinking about the question of how we, how we move from the thing we're talking about to Jesus in a way that's not cringy and creepy, and, but actually... Instagram there, you guys sounded like you were doing plastic straws, Extinction Rebellion. How about you, this group? You did Harry Potter? Excellent. Harry Potter. Um, can we, yeah, just give a brief overview. So, what were some of the things you spoke about? But, but particularly, where would the opportunities be to... to Talk about the big story of the gospel from the, the launch pad of the little story. Let's go Harry Potter first if we can. I think there's some good stuff in Harry Potter. Well, <laughs> 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 in answer to that particular question, um, uh, uh, Tolkien basically wasn't a fan of allegory and he felt that uh, really the history of the world was full of something like, I think you think that a little bit, God's shadows and sunbeams, which is to say types mm. of or as he would have called them myths. And that the human the human mind being made as an image of God can't help but can't help but re- re- reproduce truths about God in, in its myths, even if they are distorted. Um, and Harry Harry Potter of course famously Ends with the death and resurrection. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, I don't know watched it. Just uh, all fine, not very good. Um, and uh, but this individual who is not God mm. and is indeed not really special in any way. It's all the feel the end of it. Could have been, could have been another full chance. Has to die and then. Rise and then come back, mm. and in doing so defeat evil. And why is it that that story is so powerful for? Uh, yeah. One of my questions for this one, but also for Marvel, would be something like, why do we find self-sacrifice so beautiful? Because mm-hmm. it, it's everywhere, isn't it? It, it is, and it, and it gets us. It kind of, you know, you're you've been reading. <laughs> Children put my kids at home, and uh, called the Wing Feather Saga. It's, it's written by a Christian author, Andrew Peterson, but um, the final bit of the final book, none alive. Can't, I can't read it because he, you know, there's this sacrifice, sacrificing himself for the sake of everyone. Um, yeah. Can I suggest an answer to your question? Yeah. You can. Because I meditate on this as well, um, but it seems to me that we are made in the image of God. That is an extremely powerful. And that image is marred and, and spoiled. Um, I was once given a lovely illustration of it. You know how you have clear glass like these windows? Mm. Now you can see through those windows and you see absolutely clearly. But can you imagine if, and, and some glass does it, that if it gets hit, it, it suddenly goes frosty and, and opaque. Mm. You can still see kind of vague shapes, colour or two, and some mm. light comes through, but essentially the, 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 the clarity is gone. I find that very helpful as an illustration of the image of God. But we retain something of the image of God, and God will itself sacrifice his love, his heart. Yeah. That is why it appeals to us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We are all appealed to by that, because that touches the remaining image of God in us. No, you're completely right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what our friends think if we ask them that question. Um, anything else from Harry Potter that you wanted to. There were so many things, you know, just. Almost um, ephemeral mm. thoughts mm. in follow up on, but uh, 
some of the um, um, and then the, no one is simply all good or all bad. Yeah. Um, you could. Yep. Um, and that's you know that so uh, that ties in with what we're. I I mean I'm not I'm not looking for goodies and baddies you know. I'm yeah, not sure. kids, all right. Like, all this stuff we're learning in school. Is Trump good or bad? Or is, you know, is Assad good or bad? I mean, just I want, I want, I want the, you know, the good and the apple, simple book. So, um, and, and, but it's not like that. And, um, so you've got tantalizing people who are both in that, um, that's our, our, our condition. And, uh, and that doesn't Harry almost tries to win back Voldemort because he tries to there's almost this tries to um yeah. anyway, it's easy to ephemeral thing that just Yeah, no and, and particularly that that thing so whereas perhaps a few decades ago you would have the particular goodies, you would have Superman who basically was good. Now now we've got much more murkiness. So Shrek is a great example of that as well, you know. Well, what? Well, because he's an ogre. I mean, he's not like this kind of. He's the ogre who is the hero. Yeah, Batman is that. Um, thank you. Yeah, other questions you can ask. Do you believe in evil? I think that that will actually open up various people in terms of Halloween or stranger things. Do you actually think there's something? Um, Sacrifice. Uh, and yeah, the, the other thing I think I find striking about Harry Potter, and it's, it's more a spin-off from it, is the sort of idea of community. So you know, are you are you Team Gryffindor or are you Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw? I don't know, Slytherin. I mean, do you know, people have these? They have T-shirts because that that's and they've done the online thing, and that's who they are, and they associate themselves with a group, with a community. It's interesting because we are increasingly um, lonely. And yet there are different communities that people are a part of, which shows something again of our, our need for community work. Thank you. Instagram. Instagram. So Instagram is an amazing social media tool for communities. It's a bit weird, which I'll go on to in a minute. But it's colourful, like it's visual. Hmm. Um, it's quite passive. You don't think too much of it. So it's great to be um, I think the risks of it are um, you're looking at it on your own. It's great to be out Instagram with you guys. It's like I'm so It's not really real um, community mm-hmm. in the sense you're saying. Um, there's sort of risks of introspection. Um, and you're discipled by one of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's a choice of who you follow. Um, and also when you're posting, generally, I guess in conversation, post what is good, but yeah. you, you take a of what's really good, you don't really see what might be really going on in the Um, not the other bits of that, but I guess the conversation is good as well. Um, it's a bit of a weird community. Um, it could fill a whole century, and it's a bit, it's a bit of dopamine goes on, you're, you're waiting for the next, kind of like, oh, yeah. Um, and I guess we thought about how to use it, and um, I think you can be honest on it, so you yeah. do that <laughs> I think you like it, but um, so it's one of the secrets, not, <laughs> not the one. Um, and then also, I recently did a story a couple of weeks ago where you try and, so I've got a lot of friends who love, love my stories, um, so I'm trying to ask questions of life. I'm sort of trying to be as me as possible in them. Which, right. You know, I did one of the goals as well. Who even are we when I was looking at this the weirdest fish ever? So, and then that was made a nice friend. Do the message going, oh, this is weird. And then I'm like, okay, come on. I've got to, but then I'm going to use it. Yeah. It is, it's, it's the, um, it's the stop and think. How could stop and think, isn't it? That, but also, how yeah. do you use it? So I'm, I'm on Instagram, but then I might use like, oh, how is that thing? Yeah, 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 totally. So kind of connections and, yeah. yeah. So, so my questions for Instagram would be, if you were to chat to your friends, or even online, what does Instagram show us about humanity? 
think it shows you the breadth of the, the incredible, extraordinary, but awful self-centered mission. Yeah. I think an interesting question would be, do you follow anybody that you regret following? So it's that kind of, that sort of dirty secret. I, I follow them because I probably shouldn't, but, and then it's getting, well, why do you think you shouldn't, or why do you anyway? Just trying to, do you know what I mean? It's sort of... Yeah. Yeah, you do, exactly. And talking of airbrushing, I wonder if you could, if it was a, a good friend, you could say, how long does it take to perfect that selfie? Why did it take so long to, to perfect that selfie? What, you know, what, why did you do, why did you airbrush it? Literally. And actually, in terms of identity and value, then potentially there's opportunities there. So why do you want to look so good? I mean, I was driving, I was like, oh, you're when you get a bit cross with a fellow driver, you forget they're a human. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so you're like, don't take people out of your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel the power of it? Yeah, in fact, I mean, yeah, and just the addictive nature, if you said the dopamine thing of, oh, I'm going to go and explore and I'm going to flick on through to find something that I want, or oh, I'm waiting for someone to like my thing, and why haven't you liked it yet? No. Show something of our shyness as well, isn't it? Um, plastic straws, slash extinction rebellion, or just general ideas about the planet, and we've talked a bit last week about this, but anything brilliant. Yeah. And mm. we are making the image of God. 
<laughs> One of the thoughts that we had is that you said that, Dan, how like people are attracted by our sacrifice. In the same way people are attracted to a savior. And our savior is Adam and and Brecha. Um, these are figures who are hugely beautiful. They they bring you out and shoot comes on the street, passion, worship, religion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And from that, one of my questions, so what happening as well is you've got the celebrities jumping on board too. So there's a picture of Kumabach, Benedict Kumabach, um, in among them, you know, in London, and yet he markets is it the biggest selling Chinese SUV or something, he's the favourite of that. Um, and so there's questions about hypocrisy and is it okay? You know, so what do you th- even just to ask him, what do you think about coming back being involved in thinking about now? And you think about hypocrisy and whether he has a voice or not, whether he has to be perfect. Or what about the people who are in preaching rebellion? And are they, yeah, do they have a voice? And why do they have a voice? Not? Just interesting to dig around in that. A question I had as well is why do you think we're spoiling the planet? I think if you, as in, ultimately where does that come from? And it will come from our selfishness, ultimately. I think essentially if we um, a self-centeredness probably that's essentially where you want to get to um, and, and therefore if you think about what is there a solution to that or something like that um, I didn't look at this but the, the what can I watch thing sorry that was my bad take, take that away and that's got the kind of um, can I watch whatever it is so it's a question that Christians often have can I watch this thing um, and this Christian says yes, and this Christian says no, and what's going on there, and what do we think about that? And essentially the, the idea is, um, if it's a quarter of the way down, we're all different, um, but let's be wise. Um, our concepts, our consciences, our, our character, and yet have some common sense. Probably the tendency of our hearts might be towards getting away with what we can, rather than keeping away from unhelpful things. And so it's just having that sense. Um, in the way that we engage. Um, we're going to sing a song as we finish. Um, we're going to sing from the squalor of a borrowed stable. And that's not because it starts with Christmas and we're only um, six to seven weeks away from Christmas. It's actually that we want to think about the big story. Uh, and these little stories, in one sense, point us ahead to that big story because we're made in God's image. Um, as Andrew was saying, the Tolkien's myths sort of point to something bigger. And that's why we love self-sacrifice. That's why we need community. That's why, whenever it is, we're looking for a saviour. Um, because that's, we were made in his image and therefore we should expect that. Um, and therefore we want opportunities to tell our friends about him.